listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Accidental Hope, a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining Accidental Hope today. We have a wonderful guest here in um, the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, Debbie Robertson is a wife and mom and refit instructor in North Texas, and she is joining us today to talk about loving ourselves and her story of overcoming. So I hope you will grab a notebook and take some notes. I think you're going to love it. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jennifer. I am so honored to be asked to be a part of this and to be able to share with your listeners. So I'm very excited about this opportunity. Thank you. Oh, me too. Okay, so Debbie, tell us a little bit um, besides, you know, is there anything else we need to know about Debbie? Who you are? Tell us about yourself. Well, I will be very honest. I'm a 56-year-old wife and mother who loves Jesus. I love people. And I have a life mission on me to influence others to live happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives. I'll be celebrating 30 years of marriage this year. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Keep going. (laughs) Yes. So I will be celebrating 30 years with my husband this year, as a matter of fact. And my son is 35. He lives in Chicago. And I just have such a heart for people and and helping them be able to break through bondages, to receive victory in their lives. And that's where my heart is. I'm also a fitness instructor, as you said. I teach the formats of Refit and Rev and Flow by Refit. I'm also the co-owner of Studio for the Willing, where our classes are held in North Fort Worth. And currently, I'm finishing up my certifications to go along with the experience that I have of health gain by weight loss, having lost a total of 115 pounds and having kept it off. Yeah, that's, it's a pretty big deal to me. Having kept it off for a while. I've been, I've been helping others for quite a while in doing the same thing on that same path. But I just feel like in order to be able to have the opportunity to to possibly influence even more. I need some credentials to go along with that to back me up besides just that experience that I have. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm currently finishing up now. And so that really is Debbie in a nutshell. Uh, and by the way, it's Debbie with an I, D-E-B-B-I. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love all of that. Okay. So um, with your certification, is that like a, um, what is that through? Is it nutritionist or it's is nutrition, it? nutrition, yes. Okay. Nutritionist and health and wellness coaching. Wow. So yes, I'm excited about being able to do that. I, like I said, I've had so much experience and being able to help people already in the areas of health gain by weight loss and with these actual certifications of holistic nutritionist and health and wellness coach then I'll just have a little bit extra to back me up because sometimes people want more than just experience. If they don't know me, they want to know a little bit more about where I come from Mm -hmm. and without being able to share with them things such as this, where I'm able just to pour myself out and let people know Mm -hmm. sometimes having just a little bit of a credential behind kind of helps people to say, okay, maybe I need to check this person out and see if they can be the one to help me. Oh, that's exciting. That is so exciting. And I love it. And I love it when you, 
like share on social media things that you're learning or working on so that that's all exciting stuff and I think it's just so needed there's so many people struggling with this and there's so many things out there and there's fads and and maybe even sometimes when you are um I'm in a place where I want to lose like 50 pounds um and it can feel like a mountain you know and then when you hear the story that no someone really did lose 115 pounds without surgery um you're like well maybe there's hope for me and so so that's exactly and that's my desire that is my hope my hope is to instill hope into others oh good um yes yes uh Debbie, you said 115 pounds. Can you describe or explain what your journey of self-love from a health perspective? Yes. You know, journey is a word that is a continual. It's a process. It's not something, a short trip where you just reach a destination. And so to be quite honest, the journey continues for me. I've lost 115 pounds. But that journey continues, and it's something that will continue continually. When I was younger, I I think I've always been a pretty self-confident person, but in my early years, I was very shy in addition to being an introvert. And even though I held on to confidence, that didn't mean that I always loved everything about myself. And, you know, going way back, I started taking dance which is kind of where this, the, the fitness instruction comes mm-hmm. in now, why I have such a passion for that. I started taking dance when I was very young. I was two and a half. And I continued Aww. on that through all through my life, through my adult years. I even taught ballet, tap, and jazz for a few years as an early uh, or a young adult. However, over the decades, my weight fluctuated from the time I was a child. Mm. The dance kept me active and kept my weight in check, but it would still fluctuate. It would vary up and down, up and down what we are, we call a yo-yo. That's the way I lived. And that happened as a result of doing all the trendy diets, taking products, doing all the things that were out there. Weight would go up, weight would go down. My first bout of obesity came after giving birth to my son. When I lost it at that time, I lost it by an unhealthy way, diet pills. And when I realized that I would not be able to continue on those forever, I gained everything back plus son. Mm. That really and truly set me up as a pattern for the next 20 plus years. Mm. That losing and gaining and losing and gaining and gaining more. I reached the level of morbid obesity a few years after having an emergency hysterectomy. And what happened then is I believed the lie. I allowed this deception to overcloud me. Mm. Obesity meant being restricted to things that many people take for granted. And that was not lovable. Mm. I wasn't, I I wasn't happy with the things that I couldn't do, such as crossing my legs. Mm -hmm. Things people don't think about. Mm -hmm. Tying my shoes was a chore. Mm -hmm. I love riding, I love riding roller coasters. 
and I couldn't, I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun anymore. And, you know, because it's the- uncomfortable. That's yeah. where, that's where I am. I'm in that yo-yo trying the different fads where I've really probably hurt my metabolism. And I'm in that place that you're talking about right now. And, you know, and that was something else that I felt. I felt like I had ruined my metabolism because of all the yo-yo, but I found out that's not true. So don't believe that lie either. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> but, you know, I think the, one of the most embarrassing things I remember back from that, one of the most unlovable things about that time of my life was the embarrassment of having to ask for a seatbelt extension on an airplane. And, you know, I'm short, I'm only five one. And so having carrying the weight that I was to be at a level of what's considered morbid obesity, it it was not lovable. There were, those were things that I did not love about myself, Mm -hmm. but what happened and I'll share a little bit of my testimony about how things turned around, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I hit a high point. I guess you could say it's a high low point in my life when I literally had a moment on the mount, as I call it. My son had graduated from UT in Austin, and we wanted to take him on a very special trip that summer, any place he wanted to go. And of all places, he chose a location that we had taken him when he was very young, and that was Big Bend National Park, which for those who are not familiar with that, it's in far southwest Texas. Mm-hmm. The trip was in the middle of July, so we're talking in the desert, 100 plus degrees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. necessarily what not I comfortable. would have chosen. Yes, not, not comfortable. comfortable. Mm-hmm. But that's where he wanted to go. And so we were there, and I had a, pretty much everything planned out except for a couple of days. I said, okay, you guys, my husband and son, I want you guys to determine what we do on these days. And there was one particular hike that they both wanted to take. It was a short hike. It was probably, I don't know, maybe two miles, maybe not even that. But the last quarter mile of that was a steep hike up boulders. And I'm talking Mm. boulders. I'm not talking it was man-made steps to go up a rock. It was huge boulders that you had to climb up to get to. Mm. We went very early in the morning but it was still probably well over a hundred degrees in the desert by the time we trekked through the sand path to get to the bottom of the boulder. And the only way you could see the, the ultimate accomplishment that you were going on this hike for was to climb up to the top. It was a sand path. It was very hot. It's in the middle of the desert and I had my water. I had my little backpack on, But by the time we got to the bottom of the boulders to take that last quarter mile trek up, quite honestly, Jennifer, I thought I was going to die. I was so out of shape. And probably you didn't want to say anything. You didn't want to say to your husband, to your son, you know, and no, I can't. Yeah. Oh, Mm. I didn't. As a matter of fact, we got there. I was, it was all internal and I was just, praising the Lord that I'd made it that far to a place that I could lean up against a rock. 
I did not tell them how -hmm. bad it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to know, but what was going through my mind was how are they going to get help when I go down? Because Mm. there's no cell service. There's no one else around anywhere for miles. I mean, we were the only nutty people to be in the desert and you know in the middle of july <laughs> that would be my high. husband too that totally would be mine too <laughs> there let's go yeah so um, you know that's what was going through my mind is how are they going to get help mm-hmm. and i was having major heart palpitations i was almost out of water and so i did the very hard thing for me i'm not a quitter i like to see things through to the end but I suggested, I actually begged them to go on without me. I said, you guys go on. I'm just going to sit here and rest. I'm not feeling great. Of course, they didn't know how bad. Mm-hmm. And I asked them to please go on. And they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let me go. So they, they assured me that if we would sit there for as long as I needed, rest, then we would go. So we did. Mm-hmm. I sat there. My heart started to settle down. I started to feel a little bit better. I realized that I probably wasn't going to die there in the desert, but there, honestly, for a little while, I thought I was, I really thought it it was, that's why I call it my moment on the Mount. It was like that here, you need to wake up as we continued on. One was in front of me. One was behind me, literally pulling and pushing me up these boulders to get to the top. And when I made it up there to the top, I, first of all, thank the Lord that I made it Mm -hmm. and I prayed and I said, Lord, thank you for getting me here, for helping me to make it to this destination, to be able to be here with my family and assuring me that you were going to, which I knew he would get me back down and back to the place safely. Mm -hmm. I said, when I get home, I'm making changes. Mm. that was going to be the year of my 50th birthday. And I believe the word, I believe I'm going to be live to be 120. And so I didn't want the next 50 years of my life Mm -hmm. to be either missing out of experiences with my family or having them miss out on experiences with me because I wasn't here on earth anymore. Mm. And that was the hard reality of where I was at that place physically was if I don't make some changes, I'm not going to be around for my family in the future. Mm. So I did, I came home. I joined a, uh, joined a local gym. I made drastic changes to my eating lifestyle. And as I say, the rest is history. I learned how to change my style of life for life Mm. in a healthy way. No more fad diets, no more trends, no more products, no more, uh, you know, thank God I never had to have surgery. I never, no, I never had to have surgery. I chose not to. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time in my life when I thought about it, Mm -hmm. but I'm thankful that I didn't because after making these drastic style of life changes, Mm I've learned that focusing on real live foods that have real live calories, no more dead foods, no more dead calories. Having made those changes, I didn't need anything more. I just had to be diligent. And now I love the things that I can do, not only for myself, but for others as well. Think ways that I can help others to achieve those same things. Hmm. 
And when, when you were saying that, it, I felt, I guess it was the Holy Spirit. It, I had that thought of like, this is biblical. This is like what, what I provided you. When you say not dead, I think of live, like I tricked my kids. Did you ever trick your kids? I, I, yeah. I tricked my kids saying like when we would have, they'd ask for candy and I'd be like, well, these are grapes and they're God's candy. Or here's, <laughs> here's some apple. <laughs> this is God's, God's candy. Yes. And so when you said that about dead foods, I was thinking in my mind, like you're, you're feeding your body what God made. And so dead foods would be, I assume like things that man made, like processed. Yes. Is that what you exactly. mean? Okay. Yes. And that's a great, that's actually a great, uh, visual for me. I'm a visual person. So I was thinking, man, the dead foods that I eat that are just made in a lab (laughs) versus what God made. Um, Things that are processed, things that are loaded with things that we don't need, you know, processed sugars and toxins and all the things that, like you said, God did not create that man created it. If we go back to the garden and we look in Genesis and what did the Lord say here? I've given you every tree, every herb of field for this use as food. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what we have been given by him to live life. We have the fruits, the vegetables, things that are, are grown from the ground mm-hmm. that are real, that are made from a plant, not made in a plant. Mm, right. You right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I look at it. So, yes. It's that convenience factor that um, I had a friend of mine who I love uh, say something. She went on a mission trip to Africa. And she was there for like three weeks. And when she came back and I asked her, you know, what, tell me all the things I want to know about Africa. I want to know about your mission trip. And she said, I went to Africa to find out how deceived I was, how much the enemy doesn't have to do a whole lot of work to deceive us here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, because you get by without sugar in Africa, you get by without all the processed things you get by without the electronics and distractions. Um, and that is life and that is culture there. We're here. We have so many things to distract us and so many, um, different viewpoints and opinions and research where he can easily deceive us. And, um, yeah, I feel like you're kind of speaking in that same realm of what you're it, exactly. Oh my goodness. And that is what, what I, I focus on with helping people when I'm talking with people and working with them is that very thing to break that deception. Because mm-hmm. even like you were talking about convenience, mm-hmm. a lot of times people think, Oh, well, you know, I have to eat this way because it's convenient because it's fast. I mean, we live in a fast food society. Mm-hmm. But fast food. And I'm guilty. I'm so guilty. That's part of my problem. <laughs> I know. I was there too. I mm-hmm. was there too. And the reality is it takes me when I prepare meals and I used to never cook, but now I cook everything. And the reality is from the time I pull vegetables out of the bin that have not been cut, that have not been prepared ahead of time, pull them out of the bin, cut vegetables, 
prepare, cook, and sit down to eat, it's usually 30, 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes at the most. Mm -hmm. And so you can't run to the fast food restaurant, go through the drive through pay, drive home in that amount of time. Well, we, we think, well, we drive there. That's 10, 15 minutes. Get out of the car, get in there, order. You're doing about the same amount, the same yeah. amount of time. I don't know why it fee and you're spending three times as much. I don't exactly. know what it is psychologically that we have to get out of that mindset that, you know, that that seems impossible, you know. Exactly. And even the money part, you know, my husband and I, we, we, David and I have saved so much money since we changed and he did it with me. He went along, mm. he made the changes too. So he, and he lost quite a bit of weight as well. Having support is important, but I think that that's good. But even for them, the person out there listening who feels like they don't have the support, you make the decision for you. And then I believe that your example will shine a light in your household. Don't feel like you have to get everybody on board. Just make small steps. Maybe is what that I'm is trying exactly to the truth. Yes. And you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Don't tell my husband. I've told you this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When, when I first made the decision for myself that I'm going to make these changes, I didn't ask him to, to support me. I didn't. Oh, I, I, let me take that back. I didn't ask him to do it with me. I did ask for his support. Mm -hmm. I said, these are things that I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I need to make some changes for life. This is what I've committed myself to the Lord to do and committed myself to myself to do. These are some changes that I'm going to make. Mm -hmm. And his response after a little bit of pondering was, well, tell me what you're going to do because I think I want to do it too. Oh, mm -hmm. so I say that to encourage people. Don't try to get others on board with you. Be mm -hmm. the example, make up your mind, make up your decision of what you're going to do, do it and let your, basically your light shine mm -hmm. so that people can see your good work. They'll glorify the father as that scripture tells us one of my favorite scriptures but also if they see what you're doing, they're going to want to reflect that as well. They're going to want to emulate that. And so mm -hmm. don't try to get other people on board, mm -hmm. just do it for you. And for then you. your example will, will help to make changes if there's changes that need to be made with others. Mm. And that's, that's really the way that I have done everything that I've done with this. I, I want to be an example. Mm-hmm my life scripture is first Corinthians nine twenty seven, And that says that I am going to, I'm going to paraphrase Debbie's translation <laughs> that I am going to discipline my body mm. and bring my body into subjection so that when I preach or help or teach or inspire, encourage others that I will not be disqualified. Mm. That, that I have to look at what I'm doing for myself. And as a result of that, it's going to reflect so that others see me as a witness, see me as a testimony and have that hope that you mentioned earlier, that hope that yes, I can do that too. If, if she can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, 
if I can do this, anyone can. Yeah. And that's not to be a nana nana. It's to be really um, that if you're feeling that, then, you know, sister, <laughs> pray over that spirit because God doesn't say that. You are sharing because you're sharing the good news. You're rejoicing over what God's done in you and this revelation of new lifestyle. And because we can really sometimes do that, be like, oh, she did that. And she's just showing it off. Or have you ever gone to like a, um, a gym and you see these people who are fit, but we don't know their story, you know, right. and you feel discouraged, like, oh, you know, they're all so thin. Look how, look at them. They can jump up and do those things. We don't know where they started. You no. know, I, that is just the enemy too, you know, to be, uh, and I love it that you put your, you put, you insert yourself into the scripture. I do that too, especially, um, when I know there's something specific that I need to ask God or one of God's promises, I put myself in there. So that's always, um, and that was second Corinthians. I need to write that down. First Corinthians oh, nine twenty seven. Yes. I'm going to make sure and I put that in the reference notes for the, um, for the post. Thank having you. going through this experience for myself and having this experience, the breakthrough and the victory and what I have. And like I said, it's still a journey. I still continue on. I mean, I, you don't get to a point that you arrive and then, oh, okay, then you can go back to, to living the way that you used to. If you do, you're going to end up living the way you used to. Right. And so. <laughs> I know. Keep going. Know. No, it's okay. We were talking about the scripture and then we were talking about how the, the changes that you make. And I think you were going to bring up about the holidays where like, if you feel like, that I can have a cheat day. I think you're probably leading into no, that kind of mentality. It wasn't that. No, it okay. was, it was, no, but it was, you're close. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, anyway, keep going. No, but I mean, here we are. We're, it's not quite Christmas. You know, we're in this time. So we're, where, we're in February. Yep. So yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we're recording this, but like okay. the traditional foods, you know, when you think right. about how you're saying this is a lifestyle change. And if, and you said, if I ever go back to this, then I, all my old ways, then then the weight will creep back up. And I think that's what you were talking about. Right, like it has yeah. to be a total transformation. You are free. You are, there is no bondage to food or in, in you are not, you are not changed to traditions that, that are unhealthy, which includes food for right. our culture. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a continual journey. It's something that you don't, you don't just arrive and then have to, you know, <laughs> no, keep going. You're doing great. Yeah. But anyway, one of the other things that I was going to mention was when you were talking a minute ago about, we were talking about fast food and how the, the money aspect, you know, mm, you pay so mm -hmm. much more. What I was going to mm -hmm. say is when David did join me in this, even though I did not ask him to, Mm -hmm. But what we discovered through that was we saved so much money as a result because we weren't going out to eat all the time in the foods that we were buying. Produce is not as expensive as the packaged meals that you pick up in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up saving not only a lot of time where people think part of that deception comes into, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the time mm -hmm. to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. But this reality, the truth is that we save the money and we save time mm -hmm. by eating healthy and eating for nutrition as opposed to convenience. Mm 
Right. So. And now we have HEB that delivers and pickup for our groceries. Oh, yeah. There's no excuse to not no go shopping. Excuses. Yeah. When it's like, oh, I didn't have time to run to the grocery store. Let's head to Taco Bell. You know, <laughs> there's, right. no, there's no excuse now we can even like, you know, take that down. Um, I love it. Debbie, tell us a little bit about Refit because it has a special place in my heart. I've been following that, you know, obviously since the, the very beginning. I and you said you love to dance. Tell us a little bit about your studio for the willing and what Refit and um, Rev and Flow by Refit does in a, in a sense to where you've talked about nutrition and making some life changes, but that can't be just all. You were on that mountain and you were climbing and you had some physical things that you wanted to accomplish, like being able to reach your toes without it being a chore. You know, some of those things that we take for granted. So tell us about moving your body and how you chose to um, move your body. Well, the other after part Yes. After I came back from that mountain experience and I did, I joined a local gym and I began very slowly starting with walking mm. because that was what I needed at that time. That's really all I could do at that place. I was physically. So I began just walking and then I went to doing a little bit more and, you know, doing treadmill, doing elliptical, then started taking some classes and so forth. I was in to the classes at this little local gym and I decided one day to, for some reason, I know what it was. It was the Lord. It wasn't me because I had no desire to get certified. I was enjoying taking classes, mm -hmm. but I decided uh, one morning early to follow the Lord's leading and to do a quick research on fitness certifications. And that's how I discovered refit. Really? What re yes. Uh-huh. And I, I was asking the Lord, why are you having me look at this? And when refit came up, I began to research it. And I liked so much what I saw. What refit is, what are the mission statements or the, the high points of what is mentioned about refit is that it's a life-changing fitness experience mm. and it really is yes refit is a life-changing fitness experience it combines very powerful moves with positive music mm -hmm. and our particular classes it's a the best way to describe refit in my opinion, is it's a format of choreographed moves to music with a focus on building up people as a community. Mm. It's not just a workout class. Mm -hmm. Our routines are cover all intensities, all impacts. So anybody, all and everybody, all mm -hmm. ages, it doesn't matter what fitness level you're at. It doesn't, you could be the most athletic person or the very starting beginner mm -hmm. and you can come into a refit class and feel first of all welcomed Love it. loved mm -hmm. appreciated and be able to have a good time yes we have fun we turn down the music and we turn up the sweat we have <laughs> are we, i'm sorry let me take, say that again we turn down the lights and turn up the sweat the music mm -hmm. is loud but mm -hmm. it's fun we have a great time. And at the end of every class, we have a moment of, of what we call heart talk and sweaty pinky prayers. 
So it doesn't matter who comes in. That's always an option for people to stay, but everyone always does. Mm -hmm. It's open to everybody. It doesn't matter what their backgrounds are, where they came from. Nothing matters. It's just that they're a person. They're a heart and they are loved in our classes. So that's what refit is. Now, Rev and Flow is the other format that I teach, and I will say that that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for listening in on Season 2 of Accidental Hope. We will continue with this conversation with my friend Debbie next week, so come back. Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Please like share and subscribe to this podcast to learn more about this podcast its network or the ministry of blooming inspired network please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page